0: Revelation chapter five. You've got your Bibles with you this morning. Your, uh, your phones, your laptops, whatever the case may be. We've got it. We've got it up. I uh, I realise I'm going to have to find a Bible with some bigger print. My eyes are getting, or they're making them with much smaller print nowadays. That's what it is. Right? So I'm just going to read uh, and bear with. It. I'm reading the chapter. You can read, follow through with me if you want. And, and it's an event that is happening in, in heaven, right? And then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. Right, we start off that seven is the perfect number of God. So you'll see a lot of sevens in all of this, which smacks of perfection, okay? Uh, and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? Now, bear with me. I don't want to frighten any children. But when that angel is declaring that, that is not as I just read it. Who is, who is, who is worthy? It, this, is, this is an angel proclaiming in heaven. Right? The place is huge. It's packed. There are thousands and thousands of people there. And the voice rings out, Who is worthy? to open the scroll. Everybody knows what the scroll is. It's it's importance, it's there, it's in the hand of God. And the angel belts out who is worthy. And that who is worthy went to time beginning, time end, anything above, anything below, that all would hear the cry who is worthy worthy powerful powerful thing who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll but no one in heaven and on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it i wept the person weeping is john the apostle john i wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside then one of the elders said to me do not See, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root, uh, the root of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns. Horns, is, horns is an is indication of power. Right, so all powerful. All right, seven horns. And, uh, I saw the Lamb looking, being slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures, elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, which they were holding bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Don't ever think your prayers aren't heard. Uh, And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. With your blood, you purchased men for God, for every tribe and language and and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. Then I looked and I heard and the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000, which is infinity for uh, an an Israelite, there's no bigger number. Uh, So 10,000 times 10,000, they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped him. Do you think that that could fit our understanding of I'll raise a hallelujah. Do you think that's what raising a hallelujah really means? Father, we sang this morning we would raise a hallelujah. That hallelujah is because of what you have done, who you are, what's been accomplished, and the freedom that you have broken over our lives that that which would shackle us, that which would, Lord, keep us in prison, that which would stop us from being all that you have called us to be, is broken by your redemptive power. We pray this morning, Father, may your word encourage us, may it challenge us, may we grow in it and through it, and in the knowledge and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The let's get rid of that. Henry Morris, who, who is, is a writer, Henry M. Morris actually, said the fifth chapter of Revelation is one of the most glorious chapters ever penned. Little compares with its grandeur. The setting, the theme is nothing short than the destiny of the world. And there are golden threads all through Scripture. You can follow them. There's a statement in Scripture that that a threefold cord is not easily broken. Uh, And there are many considerations on the book of Revelation. I'm sure if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you would see that there are many opinions on the book of Revelation. I'm sure if you're a reader, you've read many commentaries on the book of Revelation. So there are considerations, commentaries and opinions on the content of this book. However, there are some golden threads that we can rely on as being consistent in our reading and our balance in filtering all the other stuff that comes through. And that is that in Revelation, there is a discussion on inheritance because there is a handing over, a demonstration of right of claim, and a fulfillment of promise. There is a destiny. Because in Revelation there is a plan, a time, and a place for all the events of, of eternity to unfold. Mm. In Revelation there's a providence because it was brought all of it was brought about by a great power and a great love for the for any human mind beyond any human mind's comprehension. Mm. So here is the background, right? Uh, we'll do a little test here. Right? Who gave the revelation? It's called the book of Revelation, but who gave the revelation? Does anyone know? God, yes. Who did he give it to? No, Jesus. He gave it to Jesus, right? Who, uh, who did, what did Jesus do with it? The angel, very good, right? What did the angel do with it? He gave it to John, right? Uh, and what did John do with it sorry gave it to us gave it to the church seven churches perfect very good right. and that's all in revelation right and so in in that sense right there are some keys to unfold in the book of revelation how many people like reading the book of revelation right how many people believe that locusts are those big Russian helicopters with all the guns and bullets and and, and, and all that kind of stuff? They're all, they're all there. Uh, it, it's marvellous. The threefold key to Revelation, and, and again, I'm just trying to help here. Right? In Revelation 1, it's the things you have seen. So this is John, right? Revelation 1, things you have seen. Re- Revelation 2 to 3, the things which are and revelation 4 through to 22 or actually to the tail end of 19 because 20 tail end of 19 21 22 is is the whole new kingdom earth is done away with a, a brand new start right so uh, there's a couple of books so the scroll is in the right hand of God we would agree that the reading would allow that the person on the throne is indeed Almighty God he's holding the scroll and his right hand and the scene unfolds is John John gets this vision no let me say this to you if you if you're a person who likes to study and likes to find out revelation there's there's lots of times we read what people have commented and and that's very good Some of those commentators spend a whole lifetime going through scripture. But let me tell you this, and it works for us. Revelation is the explanation of everything that's gone before it and the tidying up of everything that's going to happen after it. That's what's revelation. All all the symbolisms in Revelation, uh, you can find them in scripture, they're all there. Right. They're represented in the Old Testament, right? The, the, the jewels, uh, the, the crystal, they, they all have a, an explanation in Scripture and Revelation is, is the book that brings it all together for the plan, the purpose and the determination of Almighty God. We as Christians, we as church, are always struggling to actually comprehend the depth, the majesty, the purity, the clarity, the power of love. We experience love. Uh, some of us are, are uh, blessed in, in, in marriage. Uh, we understand love. Some of, us, uh, some of us are blessed with children. And, and love is a completely another... Um, concept do, do you know uh, i i i know i know karen loves me but i also know that there are times in our relationship if she had to lay her life down for me she'd go well oh, can i get back to you right but i know for our children she wouldn't hesitate in a blink there'd be no question there is there, there is a different aspect of love right? now again we're blessed with grandchildren there is another aspect of love. We, we as grandparents, right, interact with our grandchildren differently than the way we interacted with our children. And our children notice it. And, and we didn't determine to do that. We just see that we've moved, to, we've moved to a position in life where we now have the opportunity to speak into generations. We, we, we're safe. We don't, we're not mum and dad. We don't need to comply. We don't need to say, make your bed, pick that up, put that in the washing. We don't need to do any of that. We just need to say, you are awesome. You're fantastic. Did your mum really say that? Whoa, I could tell you a story. Right? It's a different aspect of, of love. Right? And, and we bandy round the word. I know, in, in, and again, in young people in courtship, in the way of manipulating other people in marriage is the same, is if you love me, you'll let me, which isn't right. If you love me, you wouldn't ask. But love is something that we use, we abuse, and we struggle. And, and this chapter here is telling us that, that nobody actually gets the depth of the power and the presence and the magnitude and the wonder of love. And this is part of it, it all unfolding. Revelation is a book that you read it and you think, "Oh, I don't know." But it is the, it is the outworking of a loving, powerful God, right? Who's bringing it all to completion. So we have here a couple of books there is a book of life, and we read in Scripture uh, concerning the book of life. I, I, don't, I won't put them up, but if you make notes, Psalm 69:28, 28, uh, they are blotted out. The prayer is, blot them out of the book of life. Right? Don't list them with the righteous. I don't know if we should be praying those kind of prayers, but it's there. Right? Philippians 4, 3, Paul mentions the rest of his fellow workers as recorded in the book of life. Wonderful. Revelation 20.15 says, those that are not in the book of life will be tossed tossed into the lake of fire. Uh, Valid warning, we should pay attention. Those that are not recorded in the book of life. Uh, Interesting thing. There is a book of law, which is the Old Testament law. And the easiest thing is Galatians 3.10 says, you're cursed if you try and keep it. Why? Because... God tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And keeping a book of law doesn't require faith, it just requires action. And it's not like, last week I I sinned and I can get grace and be forgiven, because one, one hit of breaking the law and you're done. You're finished and keeping the law and and we we read scripture tells us we've had some great sermons the last couple of weeks on, on that you know dichotomy of someone who tries to keep who they are instead of resting in who god is and it creates a terrible amount of tension terrible amount of confusion and it's really hard to live up to we look in the mirror and we are our own judge and we find ourselves guilty and grace and love is so important. This is the book of determination. The scene is unfolding as one of judgment. If you read chapter 4, and I don't want to go there because of, of, of time constraint, but this, this is, there is lightning, there is thunder. This is, it's all on for young and old in this event. And John is seeing it all unfold, and in this scroll that no one is worthy To to open, no one knows what's in it, no one can break the seals, and yet in it is the determination of the judgments of what is going to happen good, bad, or indifferent. Everybody is judged by what is released from this scroll. And I'll tell you, if you're a Christian today, that should raise you a hallelujah simply because of that this is an unfolding of a judicial system that makes the love of god not not arbitrary in that he just said oh i think i'll love everybody and let everybody go right but but is balanced by the high court judgment of being valid that the offering set before it to make it worthy to release it is indeed worthy and the recipients that is humanity in this case us uh, because we've acknowledged jesus christ as lord and savior are saved for an eternity which is again a word and a concept we have no ability to actually understand it's a struggle so i go on and this is an opinion i need to declare it as my opinion This is the divine plan or providence concerning human life and the destiny of the nations. This unfolding of this scroll has to do with all time, all people, all places. And so we come to the question, who is worthy? What a question. I think if I asked everybody to close your eyes and put your hand up if you thought you were worthy, I don't think I'd get much of a response. Uh, it's a big question who who was worthy, right? Am am I worthy as a husband to win the love of my wife? Sometimes. We won't ask Karen for her opinion. <laughs> all right. um, am I worthy as a parent? Am I doing all that I can do for my children? Or is it just convenient lifestyle? Am I worthy to identify as a Christian in my workplace? because I actually actually demonstrate what I confess. Are we worthy? Am I worthy to stand here before you and hopefully encourage you with the word of God that it might change your life, might break a bondage, might set you free, might encourage you to stand up and go, yes, in Jesus I can. Now the fact is, The answer to all of that is no none of us are worthy but all of us are blessed all of us are anointed all of us have an empowerment of the lord jesus christ at work in our life it's his message it's his word it's his love it's his enabling it's his breaking of the yoke all we have to do is position ourselves to allow god to do what god does And that's a huge relief when when this question is asked who is worthy John begins to weep now he doesn't just cry a tear of sadness he is gut-wrenched weeping he has come to the realization that that scroll its importance its authority its power its relevance he suddenly realizes who is worthy? How long was their silence? How long did the angels look around? And say, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, who's going to step up? How long did that pregnant silence hang there as everyone in heaven considered their worthiness? The elders that are around the throne, their throne, their cries. In chapter 4, you see the seraphims and the cherubims and their wings and their worship. And right, who is worthy? No one moves. And John begins to weep. And why does he begin to weep? I'll tell you again, it's opinion. Right? Why does he begin to weep? Because John gets the revelation of the power of sin, he gets the revelation of the separation that sin caused, he gets the revelation of the weight and the magnitude and the destructive power that sin has had on humanity. The love of God was violated and it all comes home and he weeps because with, without someone being worthy, it's the end. It's finished. The, 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 the revelation, the power the grace, the freedom, it's gone. There is no end because it cannot be broken. And then here's the hallelujah. An angel turns around to him, an elder, not an angel, an elder turns around to him and says, hey, settle, stop weeping. Behold, the lion, the tribe of Judah, He is worthy. There it is. There's the lion. And so there is the inheritance of Jesus by his genealogy, by his grace, by his gift, by his suffering. He is classed, heaven sees Jesus as the lion. John dries his eyes, looks up, and he sees a lamb. He doesn't see the lion he sees the lamb he sees a lamb and as as the lamb has still been sacrificed do you know here is a concept jesus jesus paid a price for us and on the cross he said it's finished and it's by his stripes we are healed by his blood we are free and in this instance here right, John sees the lamb who is worthy and the lamb steps forward right, and takes the scroll and heaven breaks apart heaven just goes you want to talk we sing or we'll raise a hallelujah right? the place just explodes right? there is a razor hallelujah, who was worthy? You know, the Romans three twenty three says, "All have fallen short of the glory of God." Right? We all fall short of the mark. As much as, as well as we do, we fall short of the mark. One of my concerns in in Christendom, in Christianity today, is at times the church is in danger of seeing sin as something we do rather than a condition we have no we we do there, there are acts there are acts that we we sin yes we know that there are stuff we do and it's sinful right but but sin is not limited to what we do sin is a condition that what we have we pray for people with cancer right that is a disease that is eating them from the inside out right and without intervention will kill the body that's cancer it's it's a hidden eating away. sin is exactly the same very similar but it's spiritual in its content right it can by the weight of it destroy flesh we've we've seen that people so chewed up with guilt right that their body withers in that in that maybe psychosomatic connection right but sin is a condition and and who can free us from that condition who can address that condition in our life? Well, here we see that the one person who was worthy was our Lord Jesus Christ. The one person. Look, you can, you, can, you sorry, you. we can read as many self-help books as you like. We can go to as many positive conferences, encouraging, blessing as, as you like. Right? We can have many, as many pats on the back of you're great, you're good, da-da-da, as you like. But the point being that until we come into an a understanding of a relationship with the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ concerning our condition, we're still stuck. We're still stuck. It doesn't matter how good you are, uh, how well you do, you're stuck. Right? Let me wrap it up. If I can have the keyboard, please. It's great. Jesus had the reality of the position. He was the lamb slain. He had the right of claim. Behold the lion. The lion of the tribe of Judah. I don't know if you've ever watched the lion and the witch in the wardrobe of the Nadia things. But in that lion, witch in the wardrobe, Aslan the lion, sorry. Aslan the lion, it represents Christ. And he only roars Twice in the whole movie. In one, it's when he's challenged on his promise. They try to undo the promise and the lion roars and the place is silent. And the second roar in that movie is when he jumps off the cliff and destroys the work of evil forever. Anytime the lion roars. Love it. Maybe we need a lion to be roaring in our life, now and again, to give us that empowerment, that understanding, that freedom there is authority of his position he steps forth as heaven sees in the lion redeemer John saw the reality of provision a lion slain yet standing John 10 10 says this the thief comes only to kill, destroy, rip you off but Jesus speaking I have come that you might have life and that you might have life abundantly. We're going to just open up the altar this morning. Only you know where you are at. Only you know your walk and your dealings with the Lord Jesus Christ. But I can tell you this morning, that if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and personal Saviour, You have some decisions to make. This unfolding, this end times is coming. And you can either be safe in Christ or journey through the consequences that are coming. If you are a Christian and you are struggling week by week, day by day, uh, to get that breakthrough maybe you should just take a moment to understand who is on your side to understand who is who has your back who has paid the price who has broke the chain who has set you free who will bring that healing who will bring that breakthrough who will bring that revelation of who you are and and save you from your own condemnation and your own judgment upon yourself that makes you so unworthy that you 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 nearly shackle God working in your life. Let's let's pray. If you could just everybody just close your eyes for a moment, just just take a moment. If you're not right with god if you're not in relationship with the lord jesus christ and i'm inviting you today to take the gift he's offering it freely you don't have to earn it you do have to maintain it but you don't have to earn it and if you're in that condition this morning separated from god and you want to get connected the Holy Spirit's been speaking to this morning and saying, maybe it's about time I got it sorted out. If that's you this morning, and I don't want to prolong it any too long, but if that's you this morning, just raise your hand. We won't embarrass you. Uh, We'll get someone later. We'll pray with you. But if that's you this morning and you want to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, just quickly raise your hand. Thank you, I see that hand, that's great. If you are here this morning, and I'm inviting all of you as church, and again, please, this this is not about embarrassing anyone, but it's about breaking through. If you need something from God this morning, and I'm being really serious, if you need something, and not just want something, But if you need something from God this morning, if there is something in your life, in your mind, in your heart, in your body, in your circumstances that you want broken and set free from, and if you need an intervention from God this morning, I'd invite you to just stand. So if you're here this morning in that, just please quickly just stand up. Thank you. That's great. Good. I know there's a. I, I know. Sorry, folks. In my spirit, I know there are some folk in here. You desperately want the breakthrough. You live a life of of confessing you have it, but in reality, you don't. You you go from day to day, moment to moment, just surviving, not living. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, just give them the boldness to just respond. for those of you are still standing i'd like you just keep standing no if i could just have the pastors turn around and have a look i'd like you to just go and pray with one of these people standing please can we sing that raise a hallelujah yeah father as we begin to sing i pray this morning that your word would be quickened to our spirit Father, the power of that which will unfold for your kingdom purposes will be real, cover us, and function within us through us. Holy Spirit, help us make us worthy vessels to contain the presence of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord God, as we pray this morning that those that responded to you, Holy Spirit, that you would cover them, release them, heal them, set them free from whatever bondage has held them entrapped. They've moved from slavery to freedom, from prisoner to free. And I pray, Lord God, for the rest of our congregation, those that are with us this morning, those that could not be with us this morning for various things. We have people all around the world this week. We pray, Lord God, your blessing would be upon them. We pray, Lord God, your favor would be their portion. And we pray, Lord God, that as we sing, we raise a hallelujah. May their ears hear from their family in Westside. In Jesus' name. Amen.